and welcome back to Top Roy Podcast. I'm Tasty and I just got the two usual men back in the studio, running out of these pods, boys. But I'm looking forward to a bit more rambling. How are we? Doing very well, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good to, yep. good to get into the autumn. Little. The autumn is over. The autumn is over for some, not all countries, but no, the autumn is, the is coming to an end. But no, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's been a good week of very interesting rugby. And like you said, for some of us, there's more to come, which I'm happy about. So, yeah. Also, World Cup fever, gentlemen. Is it, is it hitting in? I'm not talking about 2023. Talking about football. The, the FIFA World Cup. Oh, uh, uh, we know my stance. I'm loving it. Hyped as a goose. 6-2 win. 6-2 win, yeah. Just in general, just loving them all. Like, I was listening to TalkSport 2 today, listening to um, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, like TalkSport 2, and through, through my earphones <laughs> in work. Like, I've never, I've, I had to download the TalkSport app. I haven't, I've always heard the advertisements for it, but I've never actually done it. So, yeah, that shows kind of the, I'm getting hyped. Shout out, shout out. coming But, shout out to TalkSport. Great content. Great content. But I'm um, sorry, to tell us, we should probably just, you know, we are a rugby pod, so no, where, where would you like to begin? Oh, well, I'm going to start in Monaco. Um, I was there. No, I wasn't. Um, so we'll start at the awards in Monaco. Josh Van de Fleer, World Rugby Player of the Year. What an accolade. What a man. And Zach, Superb. he said after it that he could name every, when he was at school, he used to with his mates, try and name every single winner in the order of the what they want it. That is literally what we did in English back in the day. In <laughs> Zachary, what we did. We sixteen year olds <laughs> trying to name all the winners of the road. But that that shows, and then the fact that he's on that list yeah. is class. It really is. That's amazing. You know what? Thoroughly deserved. He's had an incredible year. Ireland's had an incredible year, and one of the um. One of the backbones for this Ireland squad is Josh Flander Flair. If he doesn't play, you notice when he doesn't play. And if he plays, you certainly notice when he plays. So um no full credit to him. What an incredible achievement for what age is he tell? Twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Okay, so it's kinda of, yeah, peak career. But um yeah, no, honestly. Not many for- would usually like towards the end of your not, he's, he's in his prime, but like he's getting better with age. And it was interesting that he said that, Harvey, I always call you out when I ever mention Keelan Doris for that one line or two lines ever said him. But he used to, he's been watching he, to work on his ball carrying because I don't know if you remember back in 2021 Six Nations, Will Connors, the chopper, was Ireland seven. And then Will Connors got injured. And then Josh Van der Vee came yeah. in and said the rest is history. But he said, he really wanted to work on his carrying to give him a USP and that he would watch videos of Keelan Doris carrying to like just take things from him and stuff, which like a real proper student of the game and that type of thing. Love it and love to get kind of that. Well, you saw Doris, I think, was obviously we'll get into it for Bundyaki's try. I think it was on the weekend. Just bang. Like the guy, the guy. And, and I, I also want to say, lad, it's not one or two lines. I've been banging on about Doris for months. This isn't just the one or two line flash in the pan thing. I've been saying I've loved the man ever since he came back from injury. And I loved him before, hence why I liked him in the first place. Um, but yeah, and I also give a shout out to Van der Fleer the other day. I'm not full of rubbish all the time. Um, but no, nah, there's no doubt Van der Fleer <laughs> is the backbone uh, of this Irish team. Yeah, this is the idea. We love Keelan Doris. 
part of the pod rather than give a Josh Sandler player the recognition. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and for everyone out there, um, he's Irish. All right, it's come from an Englishman. He's actually yeah, Irish. He's got so got, shut up. So he's actually got this stupid bird. debate. The man's Irish. Well, no, Might have a weird, he... cool name. Listen to Grand- him, like. Grandparents are Dutch, so he could have played for the Netherlands if he really wanted. Him and Tim Visser would have been ripping it up. Him and Tim Visser would have ripped it up. <laughs> but yeah, no, fantastic. And nice Terry Kennedy get winning the Sevens Award and, you know, Women's Awards. And it was great, Eve. I really enjoyed yeah. all the awards. And Wayne Smith winning also, the Coach of the Year. Like, a lot of well-deserved awards there. Tell me this though, why is there no team of the year? I swear there used to always be one. Yeah, I thought that too. seems to be a dream team, dream team scenario these days. Which is that not I effectively like... the same thing? Well, team of the year would be the actual no, no, because like team of the year in terms of like what was the men's and women's team of the year? Obviously, New Zealand won the women's World Cup, so they're you know team of the year. But usually, like usually, there's a team of the year, especially oh, in, like, you mean an, an actual one. country or something? Yeah, like an actual like Ireland, France. South Africa, oh. whatever. So I don't know. I always awesome. thought there was one. But, um... Look, lads, you're world number one. We know why you want that award to be in. Just let, you can have it. There you go. Gifted it to you. you. Happy now? There you go. I'll take it. You know what? On behalf of um, the RFU, I kind of get that. We'll get you down in Monaco. <laughs> <love. laughs> anyway, let, let's let's humble Harbury back down. England versus New Zealand. I was enjoying mm. it. From a from an Irish perspective, I thought it was going to be a heavy, heavy loss the way it was going. But England showed spirit. England showed fight. Freddie Stewart, two from Will Stewart. Don't know. Did you see Will Stewart's Instagram post? Very good. It's a photo of him with his hand up, and then he edited it that he was in a kebab shop, but him going two dries, as in, and then he edited him in the wee kebab <laughs> shop like he was putting his hand up to the kebab man. Very good from him. Very good banter. But two tries to the big man. Played well, but. The big talking point, which has been heavily requested, Zach, already, as, as we have access to the Tell Robbie DMs, right. is should England have gone for it? 14 men, momentum, they were scoring tries, slicing New Zealand open, um, they decide to kick it dead. So I'll leave the floor open to you, Harvey. I know at the time you were very much in the boat of kick it out and take the draw. But I don't know if you had a bit of reflection time. I don't know if you've watched it back to see should we have, should we have, and just be honest, what, what were you thinking? Um, my opinion has not changed in the slightest, not even an inch. In fact, um, yes, I have thought about it. Um, and I'm probably, by the sounds of it and by the media reaction, one of the only few that actually has a brain on them rather than just thinking of their balls. But anyway, um, for me, you actually have to look at the game. Everyone just looks at it and goes and looks at, like you said, the game and the way that it was playing and the way that we were ripping them apart. Yes, 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 yes. But look at the field position, like the territory where we were. It's middle of the pitch. We're in our own half. We're well, well within any kind of kicking distance for the for the kickers of. I think it was going to be Bowden that would have to step up because obviously Geordie was off. Um, we or Richie, whoever it was going to be, it doesn't matter. Um, and it was <laughs> like it's it's just. With the way the game was going, I think a lot of people were just looking at the last 10 minutes and thinking, yeah, we were rampant, we were everything like this, but we never really had any kind of dis- defensive position in that in that time. And we were really struggling to hold the ball or re- keep possession for more than two or three phases throughout almost the entire game bar the last 10 minutes. So 
it only takes one of those moments, a lack of concentration, a stupid penalty, which could easily happen with this England side at the moment. And this game's lost and it's a completely different story. The media are on our backs and we bottled it and there's no positive to take from the game. I know everyone looks at it and goes, and probably because they also want to scapegoat Marcus Smith, who was the catalyst in the comeback in the first place. I think if no, Owen Farrell I wouldn't, kicks I wouldn't, that I wouldn't, out. Put the, I wouldn't put it down to Marcus Smith. He's that the decision we made. Farrell in post match has said that they were going to evaluate it according to what was in front of them. And the Farrell, I think, was forced into that first rock and there this left Marcus yeah. and there wasn't they decided there wasn't much on, so that's why I went dead. But nah, that wasn't that was on Smith's back at all. It was team decision. Yeah, I also think and I said this at the time, and I still agree with this, that I would have, you know, in my most balanced viewpoint, would have given it a phase because of how ruthless we were. And if we got 20, 30 metres and well into their half or managed to break or, you know, build some sort of momentum and play a quick play a quick phase. Like... No, but this is... I'm not saying, like, black and white, just play one phase, even if we've made a half a line break. I'm saying, like, if we can quickly recycle it, you know, if it's because obviously they were going to contest every single rock. They came out and said in their post-match interviews that they were going to go at everything because they had no reason not to. And if we, so if we could have recycled quick ball, obviously you carry on and you try and build the momentum. But as soon as the momentum stops, that's it. You kick it out. And for me, that's what I would have done. But my next best option is what we did do. I wouldn't have carried on playing and, and tried to keep recycling it until well, to try and my, win the Here's game. an option. Here's an option. Which I think sometimes is a bit underrated. Why would why could Smith not just send it long and then get a chase and then take New Zealand down inside their own half and try and try and force a jackal penalty? Why is that option? Because then New Zealand have to go from their own half, and if New Zealand want to do a bit of ping pong, you can. But no one's going to kick it out at that stage if New Zealand want to win it. But if Smith goes long, then a big chase and then chop and then get your get your snipers in around that breakdown or New Zealand could go on off their feet. Um like for me that that's personally I haven't seen anyone really use that analogy. It's like you gotta go. Smith's got to run the pitch there. But I think send it long, get a chase. I don't know, Zag, there's any logic to that. I know yourself, you did love that kick where you didn't have to kick it out. You just sent sent the laces through it and got over and well, after. I think if, that, if that if that needed to be done though. If that needed to be done, for starters, we're in the middle of the pitch and you you ideally want to kick it into a corner so that you've, you know, New Zealand have got less to play off and it's more predictable what they're going to do out the ruck. Second of all, you'd want it probably landing, if not ball going dead or into a ruck or whatever, by their 22, which means you need players at the 80th minute of a game where they've just come back to chase 50 metres, for starters, and actually reach the player. And also Marcus Smith to actually make the 40, 50 meter kick that was required. Like it's it, it's a hell of a big task to do. Um, no, not, not that first. Yeah, no, if you you would take a phase or two, set it up, and then go. You wouldn't just straight off the first phase bang it down there. But like the the end result is we're not playing down here because the the fear from what I get for you, Harvey, is. You thought it was more likely that New Zealand would win a penalty than England were to make a line break and get in position for a drop kick. Truthfully, that seems the vibe because if you didn't think that, then you wouldn't say kick it out. No, you there's a level of worried. There's a level of fear there, yeah, obviously. Um, and I think they're improportionate. I think I had a lot of belief that we could have broke on and potentially done something with ball, but 
that it's it's one of those situations where it doesn't have to be a 50-50. Like if you if you looked at it completely risk neutral and said 50% chance that you make a line break, 50% chance that New, New Zealand get a penalty, it's a and you looked at it completely neutral, which you can't do in that moment, then maybe your decision's different. But for me, even a 10, a 15, 20% chance of New Zealand getting a penalty out of that isn't worth taking the risk on. And that might be being super conservative and negative mentality and I'm scared and blah, blah, blah. We'll say whatever you want. But ultimately, it's a calculated decision. I think it's the right decision and I think we'll benefit in the long term from it. No, I think it's a mentality issue. Like, you have to go for it. Even if you lose, at the end of the day, like, England aren't, you know, trying to hold on to world number one, whatever that means anyway. Like, it, it, it's, it's not a competitive game where, you know, it's a World Cup group stage. That would be a great result if you were playing New Zealand in the group stages. I don't know. I'm just kind of like... Would you have had more respect if they went mentality. for it and lost it, Zach? Would you have more respect if they went for it but then lost yeah, the game? Yeah, I would have genuinely. Said, I genuinely would. Yeah, have. but it's very, it's very easy to say that when you're not a supporter of the club of the country. I, I would have said if I'm in your position, I'd be saying the exact same thing. I was like, go for it because from an entertainment perspective, that's what I want to see. But from my well, perspective put, put, as an actual supporter, I don't want <laughs> the worst thing that could have happened at the end of that game, which would have been a shot through the heart, would have been. Seeing them set up the tea and trying to. Are you happy with a draw? Are you? Did you celebrate a draw like a win? We yes, of course. We literally broke a record that no one has ever done. We came back on a fourteen-point deficit. Have some perspective here. Like we've done something that no one has ever done against the All Blacks. It doesn't matter. We we, we, we've done something the All Blacks have no one has ever done against the All Blacks. Think about that. There's not many teams that can still break records against these kind of teams. It might not be a win, whatever. But let's be honest, a win. Is we're still probably not going to remember it that much in two years' time as we much as we would a draw anyway. Well, no, there's plenty of articles. Then there was a lot of chat about that game ten years ago, funny two and that still gets. But that's the last time they done it. Twickenham, like we're talking a decade. But at the same time, you know, yeah. the same time you don't play them every year, so that's why. But no, we could go on all day, boys. Well, we'll call it there. For me, the fourteen men, you had a man advantage was the difference maker in this whole argument because there was a man advantage. There, were, there, there would have been space, and it was just having someone to exploit that space would then have become the magic man. But we go all day in terms. But, of that's, game, but we've been we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this for weeks, just in terms of the space against New Zealand tends to be out wide. If you watch that Scotland game, um. You know, Scotland just attacked the same way Ireland attacked in the summer, and all of a sudden there was space outside for Darcy Graham and and Stuart Hogg to to run, and and you and you get those two v ones or the two v twos or whatever it is. But and, and therefore, with the man advantage, you know, obviously there's going to be more room in, in, in the outside. Like it is scary for New Zealand. I'm kind of like they played in the the way they played in the first half. I was like, oh my days! Even the first twenty minutes, you're like, this is going to be a killing. Like this is lambs to the slaughter, and then they absolutely bottled it. It's bizarre. I mean, uh, I'm going to give credit to England. Well, yeah, it is. It like is. We said about New Zealand was like there's there's chinks of light there, but they just can't seem to put a full eight minutes performance together. They're like an old French team that just you don't know what's going to turn up. Yeah, they're going to batter you. And like credit to England too. You know, at the end of the day, you play what's in front of you. They played against fourteen men. They seized the opportunity and they took it. Well, that's the thing. It um, wasn't like the it wasn't like the yellow came from nothing. It came from a bit of magic from Mark Smith. He forced the yellow, and there's some contention around yeah. whether it was yellow or not at all as well. But it ultimately it wasn't like it was just some cynical, stupid, you know, tackle in the air or something that was completely unforced. It was a genuine 
it was a try it was a try scoring opportunity that's why it happened like we almost deserved what came from it in the end yeah, yeah Marcus, totally. Smith had a, Marcus Smith had his best game in an England shirt in my opinion but in terms of flipping on its head then for this week against South Africa one of the main talking points was um, JVP as Harvey loves to now to call him by his wee nickname but yeah young young man and had a tough day at the office do you Harvey now put the faith back in him because for me the worst thing you can do now is drop him for his confidence but then again, do you have to protect him this week? Because South Africa are going to be all over him like a rash. And... Well, that's the best, and the boys just demolish him. Like that boy It's it's one of those, isn't it? I think it's very hard to. I don't know the kid personally. I think it depends on how he is and what he's like as a player and a person. To be honest, um, a lot of the issues I think that arose from him was. Not always necessarily his fault. Like he didn't get a lot of protection. I think, you know, particularly like the charge down was scandalous in terms of rock defense and also like the referee. Just <laughs> I've never seen a referee call it out like that before, and he didn't do it once once again in the entire game. Like it's ridiculous. But um, and and I was actually watching the rock and every single time afterwards. You know, when he was going for a kick like that, a box kick like that, he'd have two hands on the ball and referee wasn't didn't mention a peep. I don't know why in that one instance when we're 15, 20 minutes off our try line, he thinks it's appropriate to do it. But the point is, I think there was a few key moments early on in the game that probably rocked him and he just couldn't quite recover from it because of the pace of the game, the quality of the players he's playing against. But I don't think it's a droppable offence. Um, I think you have to continue with him. Like you said, Telf, I think faith is... Faith is probably the biggest teller in this. Um, and you can almost say then you've had all the chances, and you not all the chances, but you've had more than a fair chance if he then kind of squanders it against South Africa. And, you know, to flip your point back on yourselves, guys, that this isn't obviously a competitive game. This is a game to try and showcase stuff and work on things. And realistically, the long-term aim is still to use JVP. So I think you have to use him. Um, and yeah, hopefully I, I think he bounces the... back. Yeah, I think uh, I totally get you, but I think like you know, if it's what history tells us about Eddie is that he's he's prepared to make cutthroat decisions regardless of whatever minutes on the clock. And you look back in the summer, Danny Kerr just was not was not yeah. work was not working. It wasn't fitting the system. It wasn't for the game that game. It wasn't working, so we brought him off. I'm surprised he didn't do something similar because it was. I think he was just kind of like, it was like a rabbit cotton and headlights sort of thing. I just think it was a massive occasion and stuff. And like, he just, I, I think, think, he just I think the reason, yeah. why do you not just bring him off? I like, think the reason for that, that, I think the reason for that was, and if you listen to Danny Kerr, shout out to the Tubes and Ange Golf Life, uh, Danny Kerr speaks about that when he goes on it. Um, that's a relationship breaking move to make. And I think at that point, Eddie decided that there was no more Danny Kerr in the England setup. And with the Danny's age and everything else, he was in there to perform, to have an impact. And if he doesn't do that, he's not there. That's just as black and white and as it was. It takes away, for me, it's a media thing too. It takes away that conversation when Danny Kerr's ripping up for Harlequins every week. You know what? You're yeah. not really seeing that much anymore. Well, where's, where's Kerr not in the English squad? Remember Kerr was for the Lions at one point. Eddie yeah. tried him and gone, yeah. Look, yeah. it doesn't work. Gone. Whereas if he did that, he doesn't want that media hype now about no. his boy. But it'll be interesting how it goes. But in terms of rolling into South Africa, the South Africa team is named, and 
do we think, because this falls obviously outside the test window and the likes of Colby, you know, you've got Luke Colby, Reinach, you know, Steph Detoy, Snyman, these are injuries and also um, because they're playing in France, um, Pollard, Stein, Am, um, Kiski, Estehazen, a lot of people unavailable, but they've still managed to find the likes of DLND, Creel, LaRue, Faf, Khaleesi, Etzebeth, Mbiambi, like still a really strong squad. How much does that say about South Africa's depth? The fact that this can fall inside the test window and with injuries, a lot of those guys to be fair injured and, and like Vermeulen's not even picked. Um, How much does that say about their depth in terms of they can play outside test windows? No bother. I know Colby would have been very much in there, but he's not really had the autumn that he's had previously. And I actually think those wingers will be more than capable, especially when Peepy's got a bit of a point to prove because I don't know if you noticed, when Peepy's not really been in the side recently. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's kind of been a bit funny. I mean, I honestly, yeah, I mean, credit to South Africa's depth. I mean, I expect nothing less from a nation that, you know, regards itself to be the rugby nation. That's kind of the big thing. You know, they don't think New Zealand is, I think it's them. Like, you'd like to think they would. My thing is, I honestly hope England, like, really slap them out. South Africa have really fried me. They fried me over the Lions with the whole Razzie thing. And then it's just kind of, it's came to head again. And even like, um, thingy Jack Newbars just come out and said that the Springboks aren't given respect they deserve. And I'm kind of like, you know what? Enough's enough. I honestly hope, however, that you slap them about. It's just their head frying. It's actually head frying. Well, they, kind of like, they did. They did put Italy away convincingly and look. They did. No, they did, but also there was a point, you know, it was tight up until maybe 50, 60 minutes, or maybe about 50 minutes. At least scored a try, and then you were like, it was still within a score, and then Colby scores from kickoff, and then, you know, then, boom, that's done. I think it just opened the floodgates. Do you think you've got more chance this week than last week? Like, do you, what do you level New Zealand and South Africa in terms of chance to beat them? Look, don't get me wrong, both sides are incredibly hard to beat, no matter whether you're home or away. Um, I would say I'm... The way I would put it is I'm I'm more afraid of South Africa, but New Zealand are iconic. Like, New Zealand players, not only just the team, like, New Zealand players just excite me more. Like, seeing the Barretts, seeing Ioane, seeing Whitlock, seeing, like, even Papali, whatever his name is, just they look iconic they look cool like they just look like they have something about them but i don't get that from south africa like there's no one really in the south african team that like really scares me there's just the unit like them just as a team scare me and it's i know it's a weird way of putting it because like south africa have been one of the best sides of the world champions but for me there's no they're not iconic is the way i'd put it like that team there's no there isn't that Mornay stain sort of player you know there is it it just doesn't work for me um but I'm I'm scared of them. Um, Khaleesi, unit, like yeah, said. they're going to be physical. They're going to be physical. It's going to be really interesting to see how. But Khaleesi, tell, I I don't you mean, but Khaleesi is just. This is going to be harsh to say to him, but he's just a walking script. Like he's just he just says the right things. He is the right man. He's like he's a role model. He's all this, but it's just like and that's great. And when you win a World Cup and you have that romantic moment, but like we're two three years on from that moment now. Like I'm. I'm past it. 
I'm, want, I'm, I'm, want, I'm, like I'm sort a, of sick of this team yeah. being this team now. It's boring. You, like, want, just... you want you want a new star to come from that side. Like, do you know when she called Kobe broke on the scene? You're like, wow. You want someone to yeah yeah. Whereas they're like yeah, and like it's DLN, it's Korea. Like you know what everyone can do, and they'll just do their jobs and yeah, like fast. And... It's just fast, and you know what you're gonna get. You want to see some new new talent. I, I get your point. But at the same time, why why fix it if it's not broken? But is it broken? Because Springboks... That's the big question, isn't it? One, one, lost one, 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 lost one. That type of vibe this year, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. So... Serious questions if they lose. Serious questions if we... Prediction time anyway is I'm going to go South Africa win as I always, you know, back the Springboks. Back anyone against England, basically. (laughs) Damien Williamson is going to be your man, Harvey, and you're going to go, okay, you're not, you're world-class. Thanks, mate. I didn't know you were decent. Um, And he's going to be the guy to announce himself because he's been knocking on the door and they've stuck with him at 10 after a tough day off the tee against Ireland. So I think he's going to like the world like Not classic England, South Africa, a bit like last year, but obviously England got the rub of the green towards the end of that game with a late penalty. And that's another point, not to bring it back, but towards the end of games, you do get chances for penalties. You know, there's players are over eager. And another thing is New Zealand would have been scared to have gone at breakdown so you can make more yards because less people in the rock. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have been scared, lad. They literally said in their post match interviews that they were gonna go at every rock. They had there was seventy meters away from their try line. They had ev- there was they had no danger. They could afford to go for one. Anyway, well, let's move on uh, to that game. I'm going to go by nine. I don't think it's going to be as heroic. I think it's going to be solid enough. I think England will suffer a burnout from last week because backing up to Africa and New Zealand is tough, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go with the yeah, it's a tough one. I want to back my boys, but there's you know rumours that there's going to be a bit of rotation. I think Bevan Rod and Hugh Tizard potentially coming in. Um, Tizard, the young Saracens lock. And Bevan Rod, who we've seen before, you know, could score a try or two. Um, but against that South African pack is going to be interesting. Um, either way, I have to back my boys. If I want, I'll tell you who I want to see. If I want to see someone, it's Ribbons. Like, honestly, the impact he had on that offload, like you chat Peter Romani offloads, that was insane. Like, just round the back door, back. Oh, it was class. Anyway, I want to see him play. I want to see if we're going to rotate, then rotate a little bit, I guess. But um, I have to back my boys. I think it's all going to be down to the set piece. And if, you know, Dream Team Player of the Year, Genji, is uh, in at tight head or whatever he is, um, then we might have a chance because that man ripped whatever his name was. I can't remember his name now. The big prop from New Zealand apart. Um, And yeah. I got by my boys. I think Freddie, this is going to be the making of Freddie. We've already seen the making of Freddie. Freddie's a dream he team player. He is me. He is me. Uh, this, no, no, this is, this is going to be tough. You say about like Colby bursting on the scene. Like I think Freddie gets hype for me and a lot of English fans and a lot of people that obviously know the English team. But like, this is like world stage, like the down in South Africa. He's in the world just... team of the year. He's actually in the team of the year. <laughs> but I mean, just like I'm talking top five players in the world sort of thing. He's gonna make it to that stage. Like, there's no stopping this man. So um, you're, saying, you're saying Josh Van der Thun coming for that award? 
Yeah, I'm saying like World Player of the Year 2023 sort of jobby. Um, this is the start now. Get a bit of early homework in before the year turns over. Um, Freddie, here we go, yeah. boy. And we're going to win 26 17. There we go. That's my prediction. Oh, there you go. There we go. Um, for me, I'm just going to go with my heart rather than my head. I hope they're going to win. Um, I just hope they win. I'm just fed up with this kind of like South African narrative of like this like kind of self-victiming, victimization they're doing. It's kind of like, grow up. You know, you're better than this. You you are better than this. So I forget you hate your Rasmus as well. So it's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like it's annoying because like he's a rugby genius. I feel like he's he's ruining his legacy by doing this. South Africa might love him. And to be honest, that's probably all that matters to him. But like the rest of world rugby just look at this just being like, stop being babies and just grow up. Like you're a team in a squad that is more than capable of winning the World Cup. Why are you doing this? Like anyway, 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 let's move on before I just go off on another rant. So what's your prediction, mate? Oh, oh sorry, uh England win. Uh <laughs> England win by like a score, maybe it'll be tight, it'll be tight, it'll be close. Um kind of like it's you know, no, it's, no, it's always no, gonna be close. Coin flip games, but yeah. Anyway, on to on to Ireland against Australia, and then mm-hmm. we'll then start previewing the final game of the autumn, Australia Wales. But in terms of Australia v Ireland, the game has had to come under a lot of criticism for being quite boring and kind of felt like the last game of a autumn series, and Ireland just had to grind it out. But the big talking point, obviously, is Sexton pulled up in the warm up, and Jack Crowley played. And looked, although maybe slightly nervous early on, some of his kicks touch were a bit conservative. Um, he really grew into that jersey and like real, just just I feel like there's a real human human side to him. Like he's he's just, he's just a boy living his dream, and I love that narrative. And I do, Bruno Gara put a photo of him, him with Crowley as a wee kid when he was getting a photo of him. And I just feel, noise is time. But then again, Ross Byrne will say. And this is what I want to get on to. So we're t- we're saying the Ireland pick in order going into the autumn was one Sexton, two Joey, three Kieran Frawley after what happened in New Zealand, four Jack Crowley after the Emerging Ireland tour, and then five Ross Byrne. Um, Ross Byrne comes on and nails a touchline winning penalty against Australia, and he's going to go right. They get moved up the pecking order, and that that that's the question, Zach. World Cups come down to the smallest of margins. And if you have someone, in my opinion, that's top three goal kickers in the world, but he's not really going to get the credit for that because he's not really kicking um consistently match-winning goals in test matches. Is there a debate to say Ross Byrne could push himself in now? Or do we look at Crowley and think potential, talent, X-factor, he will be the real deal? Or do you just pick the guy who's going to knock over the winning goals? fair play to him because that's a tough tough kick yeah I mean if I mean full credit the bottle to have you know did Ross Byrne even think that he was getting anywhere near the team this week you know he was in the cold up last minute so incredible you know yeah I mean what I would say is that Ireland looked seriously like lost Ireland looked lost against Australia and I, I don't know if you can pin it all on they just did. And whether or not Sexton would have made a difference, I don't know. 
but it's in always terms, the way that when he doesn't play, it's not the same. That's why that's why I'm saying, like with Crowley, should he be the guy that kind of comes in at number two? I don't know. You need to give him more of a chance. One game's not fair enough. And I mean, at the end of the day, he won against Australia, regardless of where Australia to beat Australia. Um, is an incredible achievement. Um, and the way they did it in the show bottle and fight, um, eventually, um, it was good. But I think just like there is, I think there is warning signs. We talked about it last week in the pod, like what happens if Sexton goes off, and essentially like that all in approach could backfire. And we saw it last weekend. You know, if we played a proper side, if we did play South Africa and played New Zealand, we would have got beat. Um, so there is serious question marks over that. Not to take away from Crowley's performance, you know, he came in level headed. I would personally prefer Ross Byrne in that scenario um, because of his goal-kicking ability, because of the way he steadies the ship. And this guy basically plays week in, week out for Leinster and has done for years. You know, um, the, the thing about Ross Byrne is, I messaged when the kick was out, you can back me up, I said he won't miss. I knew he wouldn't miss. He'd done it against Ulster in the European Cup for the touchline. Yeah. He's just such a clutch goal-kicker. But the argument is he doesn't have enough he doesn't have enough flair to his game outside of that. But if you are to milk every single juice out of Sexton in a game, and the only way Sexton comes off in big games if he's, if he gets injured towards the end of a game, which we've seen against South Africa, is Rosburn not your man? Just use him like kind of that NFL style, style that you just bring him on to kick winning goals. Like just just use him as that. But then the debate is if Sexton's yeah. you need a bit more, but <sighs> Can I, I get my input on this one? Yeah, go, go, go. Ross Byrne kicking that touchline conversion is like congratulating a fish for swimming. It's what he's always done. He always will do. It's just the part of his game that he's good at. And a penalty, lads. Penalty. Whatever. It doesn't matter. No, my point is if you want to play for arguably the best team in the world right now, you can't be one dimensional. I don't care what position you're in, particularly 10 particularly when you're covering Johnny Sexton, the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world. Sorry, Josh. Um, so it's like, no, I think, and 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 the reason why I say no is because how do you manage a player like that? Because realistically, you got to be upfront and honest with him and say, look, lad, I'm going to take you, but you're my third choice. You're only in there. If Sexton gets injured and then you can come on for the last five minutes and hopefully you'll get a kick because I don't really back you doing anything else. Like, how do you manage that? And how do you, and I think how do you Friday, say that to, I... like you said, a starting lens to 10? Uh, I think Crowley, I, we'll never know, but he looks like a very good goal kicker from what I've seen him kick. And the difference if he was on for that winning kick and got it and what the narrative would be now, yeah, that Crowley true. kicking a winning goal might have done Ireland more benefit in the long term. But I'm just looking from a Ross Byrne perspective. What else do you want me to do other than nail match winning moments? Yeah, Test matches are one matches. He, he did yeah, everything he needed to. Off. He did everything he was asked of, which is you have to credit. Yeah, he just yeah, he's just been he's, yeah. I feel for us, he just kind of like he just can't seem to get a good run. But then again, he's also he kind of came through at a time when Ireland's arguably Ireland's greatest ten was playing. You know, and he had no chance. You know, I kind of feel for him. But no, I think Ireland do look rudderless um, without Sexton, and we all know it. We like last week we basically said that. Um, well, this week we saw it, so it is it is sign for concern. Like, what do we do? Like, we looked average without Saxton. Like, let's be real here, but not just from like a point of view of like the game. The games didn't click. 
the lack of fight and desire from that Ireland team with Sexton not being there it was noticeable at times. Now, think, eventually they did come through, but there is serious question marks. Do you think it shows a lack of leadership throughout the rest of the squad? Are they too well, this reliant is one of on the Sexton? Arguments. And you saw it with Fiji. There is, there's a strong argument to be made there that like it's different than the Ireland teams of old because I feel like Ireland teams of old, they have that well, like say when like O'Driscoll was captain, you had Sexton, you had O'Connell, or like you had, you know, like you had so many big, big Best. names and big personalities, the leaders. I think there is an argument to be made that there could well be a lack of leadership. I don't know how true that is because we're not in the squad, we're not in the training days, we just see what we see on the TV. But I think that's a serious question, Mark. Where are the leaders? Yeah, but as, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's annoying that it kind of happened. We we everyone wanted Sexton not to play. Everyone wanted him not to play, so we could have an answer. Yeah. So it's the best thing for Ireland, <laughs> Sexton being out the whole Six Nations, and then Crowley and Byrne have a full run, a full campaign to see, and then Kieran Frawley's the forgotten man who was in line to play and start that test, and his injuries might have cost him. Yeah. So. For me, it's it's one of those that it's it's tough it's tough decision to make because you won't win every test and Sexton then's got to play every test and I think if Sexton gets injured, we we kind of gone all eggs in anyway. You know, if Sexton gets injured, yeah, we have, we, have. Gets, we said that last week. We, you know, we, we said we that agreed, last week. We agreed we're happy to do that, so I think we should probably move on from the Sexton debacle. But in terms of another narrative, wins a win. Grind out a test match. We didn't see any, we didn't see anyone criticizing France when they grinded out a win last minute against Australia. Australia beat Scotland. Australia are a very good side, you know. Quarter final quarter finalists definitely in a World Cup. So that could easily have been a quarter final in the World Cup, which Ireland came through and passed the test. So I know what you mean. No they've ran out of time to find a general if the general's gone. But because the general is that good, and I messaged Harvey during the week. And he said, uh, the class, it's what everyone says. Ireland peaked too early. Sex is going to get injured. You're not going to win the World no, Cup. No, it's just the, when, when it's good, it's good. But there's no other option at the moment. But let's just hope it's good I mean, for your sake. But also, we're yet to see. It could just be a one off game. You know, there could, well be, there could have been an element there. Like, even if Sexton did play, it was just one of those games, you know, coming to the end of a long, long, hard year. You know, just maybe the fatigue, mental fatigue, physical fatigue after. You know, kind of especially a big couple of weeks. You don't know. You don't know. Let's I be mean, honest. Like, you're we're right. waiting for it to still week. click. You've got time to click in a second turn. Like <laughs> we're waiting. Every game. Click, click. But like, yeah. um, I think you're right. Top a win's a win. It's good to see Bundy back. I think um, he brought a extra. He just brought a bit more fight and desire when he came on. Nothing against Stu McCluskey. I think Stuart had a good game. It was just when Bundy came on, he just brought a different level of physicality. It's just, it's just true. It's, it's true. It's tough. That, it's, tough that, it's tough on McCluskey because he's worked so it's hard. Tough on him. I know. I, I know. think it's a horses for courses thing. When you can't match physicality for physicality, like when we played South Africa, McCluskey in that first half an hour was incredible in terms of holding boys up, physical in your face. But when you just want someone to run hard lines. It, it's been the Aki. So when you when you're gonna be in possession, when you're gonna be dominating. So I think Ireland need to start looking at these centers more for horses for courses. And there is a course for McCluskey to start in an Ireland jersey. But potentially this test match, Aki showed his class and but yeah, I think those four centers and you gotta remember Henshaw, Ringrose, Aki. Between them all, 
they they do pick up injuries, suspensions. They're gonna all play a role going forward, but we're not gonna go too far into the World Cup. But from Australia's perspective, they had a kick to the corner. Harvey laughs, saying that's what happens when you show a bit of bollocks. You don't come out the other side. And yeah, <laughs> they could have went for the kick. It was a good line. Got, you got to admit, it was a good line. Got a good reception. But do you think what 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 do you think about them now? Looking at Wales, well, we'll touch on we'll look at Wales first, uh, and then preview them against Wales. But Wales lost against Georgia. That that whole. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> that, 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 that is that's that's that's, no... that's that's inexcusable. I'm sorry, that's inexcusable. Like, yeah, strong team yeah, too. Was... It was a strong side out. It wasn't like a little, you know. Rotated trial, loading new caps. Like that's that's a strong team. It doesn't matter even if they rotated. It's Georgia. Like it doesn't matter. Georgia have had some results. They are on now. But also against what against Spain? Who have they? Who have they? (laughs) Italy. Chile, lad. Chile. They beat Italy. They do, but also Georgia. Italy beat Wales. (laughs) Yeah. So like, yeah. What we're really saying is Wales is. This, you know, you know that logic you use when you're a kid when it's like, well, my team beat your team and your team beat that team, which means my team's better than your team. Georgia made that real. Fair play to them. <laughs> no, they I actually proved think... it. They proved the logic. I seen a thing that literally linked every team together, and then like Samoa, Fiji linked everyone together, so like everyone's beating everyone. It just shows well, rugby is coming on. Rugby's the winner, lads. But no, but this yeah, game think... for this game, rugby is the winner. Like that was a huge result for the tier two nations, hundred percent. At Millennium, like packed down, proper test match. This wasn't like a little yeah, it wasn't. summer it wasn't tour away. And... <laughs> you know what I'm getting? It wasn't, at. It wasn't packed out. <laughs> the top team was basically empty. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Is the gap closing then? Yeah, for Wales yeah. it is. Well, Wales are heading into tier two nations. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, they were literally Grand Slam winners like what eighteen months ago. They never won oh, that. Grand Slam, sorry, they were, <laughs> they were Six Nations winners eighteen months ago. What a lot said that a lot said that campaign was papering over cracks and they got a lot of rubber the grains of red cards and stuff. And oh, don't remind me. And something that, that probably we've well. not discussed enough is the vacuum of Gatland going was huge. And he yeah. yeah. yep. rode the wave. I remember, remember he had a bad autumn to start it, and then he did a Six Nations win. But like I've seen their, their, I think their lowest win percentage since 2006, and we all know what happened in the 2007 oh. World Cup when they got knocked out in the group stage yeah. when Fiji beat them, and they're going that way again with Fiji being in their group. Yeah. So. It is for me. But there is absolutely like, no way. I was just gonna say, there's there's absolutely no way Wayne Pivac comes out of 2022 with a job. I'm sorry, like he it's wow. he's he has to be. You have to you have to get him. You have to get him gone. Like he has to go. You saying one maybe one loss against the like an Italy era, but two you now is. Yeah, it's two, and it's within relatively week? close succession yeah. as well. What happens if he bounces back and puts on a it really know. It's, convincing it's performance against a good Australia side that ran Ireland close, beat Scotland? Still, uh, for for me, the decision's made. For me, the decision's made because when you lose against the Georgia, not, let's be honest, no one's that deluded that they actually think Georgia are a better side in terms of quality than Wales. 
the reason why they've lost that game is mentality. It's and that all comes from your coaching team. That comes from because we've seen these Wales boys. There's not like the winners. There there are winners in that side. It's not like there's just this new crop and they've got no one to play. It's there are winners in that team. There are there is talent. Like <laughs> they should be battering Georgia. It's a mentality thing, and that for me is deployed by your coaches. And if that can't be motivated even in a game like this, for the sake of the fans who are at the Millennium, then you die. See you later. You're done. Would you, if Gatlin was there on the table to come back, is that silly? Or is because. Wow. Surely no, not. It's not. It's not silly Maybe at all. I don't think it's there. I don't think it's there. But... I don't think the option's there. Wrong. But if it was there, I think you, you, you'd. If and it was your option, you'd be an idiot not to take it. Uh, I've seen people say like they've still got the group there, and Gatlin would only need six months to get them playing for him again. And, <laughs> and that side, I've always said that side of that draw with England looking vulnerable, Australia and Wales looking vulnerable. Like Zach, if we were on that side, we would be walking you'd backwards be into a World Cup but... final. <laughs> But like, actually a joke. I so can't, I can't wait to get to World Cup final and you two both be sat there going, "Yeah, but you had the easy side, the draw." That's all it's yeah, going to be. But it is, it's all about sides, isn't like a FIFA World Cup. But yeah, but like, onto think... the game, onto the game. Let's look at Wales, Australia. Dress rehearsal for the no, World Cup. Oh, no, 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 sorry, I want to stop you. I need to stop you, and just say full credit to Georgia. You know, we could say like everything's wrong with Wales, but like that's huge. Like that is such a huge result. You know what I mean? Kind of like, I think just credit where credit's due. Obviously, like, for them, it's the next step now in the journey of kind of really pushing in in that tier one bracket. And I think for them, it's it's huge that they're even getting, like, you think about it, they're like, the fact they're getting all the internationals, you know, even a couple of years ago, that wasn't even a thing. You know, there's now more and more players moving into professional leagues, proper leagues, like um, in the premiership, Gloucester of your boy, I can't pronounce his name. Plays well. France as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, so exactly. So kind of like it's it's exciting. Um and full credit and um it's exciting to see where they go. You want definitely it to be one off now. You want, you want scalpage, you want scalpage and you want that. A bit like Argentina, they knocked on the door and you couldn't prevent them coming in anymore and they were in the rugby championship. So I'd say if they keep knocking, that there's only one way place they're going. And Italy, we you know, oh we forgot Capuzzo. Congrats, mate. Got the big yeah. awards. Yeah. Yeah, player. Which fair play to him, like to win an award and the Rugby World Awards night for Italy is class. And I know they lost against South Africa, but yeah, Italy and Georgia, these it's great to see the gaps between all the sides now is kind of it's tighter than ever for me. I know we've yeah. always said about the, the top two of Ireland and France, which we're trying to create Zach, um, and then there's there's everyone else, but being real like everyone's much of a muchness and then the gap now you're not putting 50 on Georgia which is great to see but yeah this weekend predictions boys for me this is it this is PVAC on the line if Wales can put a big performance and I think they were focusing on this this is a dress it's a rehearsal for a, a year's time in the World Cup to win that group I'll tell you what if, if that's how my rehearsals went anyway no this is the rehearsal <laughs> this okay. week this week against Australia so I think they were probably forward-looking a week and thinking, oh, Australia's the big one that'll be packed down. I think Wales respond and Wales come out, win by seven, P-back stays on. Yeah. I Maybe hope that happens because it benefits us. Um, 
But for me, it's two teams that have struggled a lot this year. Uh, lack real identity, lack real leadership, lack proper coaching. It's going to be a scrappy game. I don't think it's going to be a great spectacle. And I think it's going to be a 17-15 win to Australia. Yeah, I think I think Australia could win. I think this is, if you're Australia, you're licking your lips. You know, you have that awful performance against Italy. Um, run for Iran, France, and Ireland close one and two in the world. I think if you're you're seeing this kind of well dead Welsh side that doesn't look like it's going to have a reaction. To be honest, um, it could be tight. I think I think I think Australia win by a score. Yeah, do you think it's the perfect side, perfect game for both sides? Because it's it's yes, it is. It a team is. that you can get respect really from. It's a team yeah. that you can get respect from, but at the same time, it's a big test. Yeah, they both sometimes... still have good pedigree. They're both respectable nations, but realistically, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And for both of them, this could, this could, you know, we always want to fairy tale it. This could be the the Kickstarter that they need. So yeah, and in terms of yeah, getting back on the horse, in terms of the rest of the action, Scotland, a lot of cards in that, which kind of killed off the Argentina game, but got the job done against Argentina, which not every side can do. Argentina, our top side. Um. I mean, when you're playing against like 12 players or whatever it is, it's fairly easy to score some tries. But anyway. Argentina, Argentina have this thing where just like sometimes they just like... They I just think their brains don't work sometimes, to be honest. I think they just it's get like, too close to each other and they all just fry each other out. I think it's just a bit... Well, Zach, like, you only think they get up for the big, big ones. The really big ones. It's true, but they need to be. It's consistency is key. Momentum's key. You they know, literally are. The, the, the regular internationals are against New Zealand, Australia, and the and South Africa. They don't care about playing Scotland. Like they're not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I shout out. No, I thought Darcy Darcy Graham was really yeah, was again. And if there was a Lions tour, I love this analogy. If there was a Lions tour coming up, he starts in the wing. Can we? Can anyone disagree with that? I mean, probably, yeah, yeah, at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably does, actually. There you go. Um, there you go. What a way to end the poll. Yeah. Darcy. <laughs> Darcy Graham starts. He's got a cool name lines. as well. I like the name Darcy Graham. I like Darcy Swain, the Australian name. geezer as well, have but then you, he had Have you got this. a name? Have you got a name that starts your broom? Two names, because two people have got to be on the wings. Two wingers oh, that are better than Darcy Graham. Long current Barkin. form, current form just isn't. It's try rate everything. Jacob, Johnny, Johnny May, Jacob, Jacob Stock. Stick pretty Stewart on the win. But nah, for me, Scotland's yeah, a good. It's we say unexpected autumn should have beat Australia, didn't. Yeah. Beat Argentina, beat Fiji. Should have beat New Zealand. Should have beat New Zealand. So they were. Weird. They were competing. Yeah, they were competing in every game and. We always say they need more scalps and didn't really get a scalp this autumn, but I think again... the thing for the thing for Scotland is they need to actually focus on just liking each other and agreeing with each other for starters. It feels like Gregor Townsend's trying to pick a fight with Finn Russell mainly. Um at any point that he fancies it and there's no consistency. There's no like if you if they really wanna like genuinely be a contender, they that's where they need to like just it's within themselves. They have the quality. Everyone knows they have the quality, and when it does turn on, it's incredible to watch. But it's just not there consistently enough, and I think that's just in the consistency of their morale, their group, their dynamic, them as a team. 
as a country. Yeah, well, Hoggy was yeah. putting videos, videos on Instagram all week of him scaring Doom and the Merva in various places around the training ground. Great man. But <laughs> finally, I just want, I say it every single podcast, you might think I've got an agenda going into the World Cup because as we enter 2023, the year of the World Cup, it's the content's going to increase. France put away Japan, which means France were worth 100% won every single game in 2022 100% I think just to finally sum up like that deserves a shout out that's not done often that yeah. is impressive and if they then if they then do another slam they're on some run going into the World Cup you know they could be on the serious they wouldn't have lost for like what two and a half years <laughs> Fair That's ridiculous. Yeah, so our view, as you always say, like I would say this year, but you always predate it then by the previous year they had a wee bit of a run. So like it does it starts sad. Yeah, we up. were the, we were the last team to beat them and it was in the Six Nations of twenty one, I think it was. So wow. they haven't lost since then. Like they won their autumn internationals of twenty one as well, didn't they? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah something like that. No credit to them, but Ireland are still number one, so unlucky. Aye, well, but they yeah. had a terrible. So they had a terrible tour. That's the only reason why. Don't cut me out! Don't cut me out! Final yes or no? If France went down to New Zealand, would they have free nailed it? No. Oh, that's a great question. New Zealand, Mark. I don't think you can three 0 New Zealand, but that would have been insane no, if it happened. Oh, that can't. gets oh, stick them out there, man. Just squeeze one in there. Warm up tour for the World Cup summit. <laughs> Yeah, now big thanks again, boys. We're we've kind of decided there before a bit of a team meeting. We're going to do some debrief pods. What's next? Mm. Um, Wheels will be potentially the first pod on, so stay tuned for that. But we have this fun the podcast, and you guys follow on Spotify, and it's helpful with podcast, Instagram, it's helpful with podcast, Twitter, it's helpful. Cheers, boys, and I'll catch you next week. Cheers. See ya.